With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, April 22nd, and I'm in the air flying to my destination. I cannot wait. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful week off of me. Oh, wait, you're not getting a week off for me because we put everything in the can for you. We have shows no matter whether we're here or not. You know, Mark, I was thinking about how we are, we've got some things that are um, set up for the future. Are we going to have to revisit it in case there's some sort of like breaking news that makes the advice not good? It would have to be some pretty major news. If there's breaking news and like the blank hits the fan, I'm sure that I will connect with Mark during the week, but I don't expect that this April journey, but it's a real vacation. No work, Mark. I'm not going to be able to ignore the email, but I am not working this week. Also, oh, totally fun. When I get back, I'm supposed to go to the White House Correspondence Dinner. So I'll have some good stories from that, I hope. Um, all right. If you've got a financial question, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Don't forget to check the box if you'd like to come on the air and check out all the great content that is on our website. Okay. Let's do some emails. Robin writes, many years ago, I paid little attention to stocks. I was making pretty good money. Edward Jones suggested a $50,000 variable annuity for my IRA. I didn't understand it and never have really fully understood it. Okay, so this was in 2016. My husband put his whole IRA into Microsoft. Today, it makes me cry at what we're losing daily. Mark, this is so sad. Wait a second. So now the money that was in his IRA is $70,000. And now he's in a memory care unit and it costs $7,100 a month. I had hoped to use his Microsoft stock to cover approximately one year. We have a two-year spend down before we can explore Medicaid. Her husband has life insurance. It has $150,000 death benefit with an option to access some of this because of a chronic health condition. She owns the condo and she says, I need advice for the next few years. An annuity, move Microsoft into something else, preparing for possible Medicaid, what financial actions to take, where or to whom should I go for advice without spending a fortune? Okay, I think that probably you're gonna just have to sell your Microsoft and that's it. Let me see, Microsoft, let's see, five years. So they've been in it for, let's see, 2016, right? So, I mean, I'm just going to look at it from 2017. I mean, the stock looks good. It's gone down a little bit recently, but, you know, it's for, that's like comparing it to the 52-week the high or, you know, like it was, yeah, it was up at like close to 350. Now it's 282. But, I mean, back in, say, 2017, it was like 65, 66 bucks a share. So I don't think that there's a lot of crying that's necessary. But look, you need some help and you need planning work. And this is the kind of work that you should be talking to a, like maybe a fee-only plan. But in general, what I would say is this. I don't know what other assets you have. We don't know whether you're what you're talking about in terms of the losses. Look, I think you need an advisor. I think you probably should pay somebody for some advice unless you want to follow up with us and give us some more details. We want to know every single asset that you have, what it's worth, 
And what is your cash flow? Meaning, how are you um, living? Do you have social security? Do you have pensions? Follow up with us and then let's, let's keep going with this, okay? So this is from Patrick from Connecticut who writes, we have about $250,000 sitting in cash and bonds within our retirement accounts. Now that would amount to five years of cash needs in retirement, which is four to five years in the future. Now, all I want to do is preserve the purchasing power of that 250. I only need it to more or less keep pace with inflation until the time comes when we perhaps need to tap our IRAs or that 403B. Obviously, we can put 10 grand into I-bonds. However, does it make sense to invest in a five-year individual tip or tips fund? No, actually, I don't think so because the tips funds and tips are trading at a premium. So I don't think you should do that. If you just want to keep pace with inflation, I think what you should do is you should actually have a diversified portfolio. What do you think about this? Instead of trying to just have five years keeping pace with inflation, why do you need five years of cash needs anyway? But it's in, but I guess maybe you're trying to get to another place. I think you actually have to have an, a diversified portfolio. I think a tips fund is not going to work for you actually because as soon as inflation comes down, that fund's going to go down and then and it's already trading at a premium to where it was. So it doesn't make sense to me. If you really are worried about inflation, you maybe could do um, some individual bonds in a ladder as well as some stocks and then call it a day. First of all, inflation's not staying this high. Okay. So then we're back to what is the whole point of investing for the future? It's to beat the rate of inflation. And how do you beat the rate of inflation is that you actually have a diversified portfolio and you may want to have individual bonds to limit the gyrations. That is what is spooking everybody. And if you buy some individual bonds, if you start, if you had some cash right now and you invested it, you could probably get some new bond issues that are interesting. So I would explore that. That's what I would do. Okay. Justin recently discovered our podcast and he says, I really enjoy it. Yay. Okay. Justin's 46, married, four kids, lives in Utah. Wife doesn't work. Oldest just started college. Uh, a commercial real estate broker with passive income of 200 grand per year and commission income of two to 300 grand a year. They this guy makes four or 500 grand every year in Utah. It's pretty awesome. Okay. So he's got... Um, Passive income comes from investment properties and he owns a dividend producing stock. Wife has wealthy grandparents, which are often my favorite types of grandparents. They established a trust for her and the four kids. Oh my. So she's got $2 million of Bank of America stock in her trust. She's got full control of the trust. We've never spent any of it. Isn't that wild? They reinvest the dividends into the S&P 500. I'm nervous that she has very little diversification with that huge trunk of Bank of America. Problem, cost basis is grandpa's cost basis, 10 bucks a share. So we would pay a lot of capital gains to sell the stock and diversify. Here's the list of the assets. You ready, Mark? My God, they're so rich. Their house is worth 725. They got 400 grand in cash. They've got investment properties, six and a half million dollars. 360 in retirement accounts. The wife's got that $2 million in the trust in Bank of America stock. The kids' trusts have $212,000 each. Kids each have 40 grand and 529 plans. And just for a little bit of extra, you know, cherry on top crypto worth 120 grand. He's got a little debt on the investment properties, everything else paid for. I want to work for another 10 years and I expect my future tax bracket will stay the same or increase, not go down. 
I have a self-directed 401k, an IRA, and my wife has an IRA. Nothing in Roths. I plan on contributing to retirement accounts to the max each year, slowly buying more investment real estate. My questions. Ready, Mark? Should we sell some of the Bank of America to diversify despite capital gain penalty? Yes. Yes, that's easy. So let's say it's 23.8%. Big deal. Pay it. It's too much money in one stock. I mean, I love Brian Moynihan. Don't get me wrong. I love that CEO, but that is way too much in one stock. So answer to question one, yes. Number two, should I look at doing a backdoor Roth and when would be the best time to do it? I don't think you can do it a backdoor Roth because you've got those IRAs that are outstanding. You could convert some of your IRAs and use the cash to do that. Convert the IRAs first or roll an IRA into something else. But your IRA, can you roll your IRA into your self-directed 401k and then you can just convert your wife's IRA? Then you could potentially do a backdoor. Then, but only then. General financial strategy going forward with the trust, taxes, and retirement accounts. My wife's grandparents are alive. They've offered to match any money we put into their trust or 529 plans. Right now, I've got my two oldest working and contributing about $5,000 a year to their 529s. That's it. I personally haven't put money into either as I'm trying not to spoil my kids. Am I crazy for not taking advantage of the free grandparent match? He's 95 and won't live much longer. What do you think, Mark? Should we leverage Poppy's uh, match? I think do it. They're not going to know. Your kids are decent kids. Come on. You're not, you're not raising them that way. In terms of a general financial strategy, I think you need a real financial plan. You would be a great candidate to get a fee-only financial planner or just pay somebody to do a big, broad financial plan for you and maybe not manage your assets or maybe manage them. I would look at that. I'd go to the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors or NACFA, and I'd start interviewing people. I really would. Because this is a quite a complicated case, don't you think, Mark? A lot of parts here. So I I think that you would really benefit from that. That's what I would do. Okay. Here is from Mary Ellen, whose subject is, I never thought I'd write about annuities, dot, dot, dot. As I have the same aversion to them as you do, Jill, but our Schwab client manager told us about a fixed deferred annuity through USAA as a potential place to park cash for a little while. But how could that be a little while? Let's see. Okay. We're planning to retire soon. We have a cash stash that we won't need for at least a few years. The fixed deferred annuity sounds like a good fit, a decent rate of return, 2.9% for three years with taxes deferred until we cash out. 2.9% for three years. You can extend if you want. Fees are baked into the rate. Sounds pretty good. Are we missing anything? The only thing you're missing is you don't have access to the money. Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst thing. I don't know how much cash there is. So it depends how much you're really putting in there and whether you could do better. Maybe let's just look at that something just for fun, Mark. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over to um, our friends at depositaccounts.com. Let's just see what's going on here. I'm going to look at, let's look at a three-year CD. A couple of credit unions have 2%. Would you pay, would you tie up your money for 2.9% instead of a three-year CD at 2%? Maybe. So look at this, Mark. There is a National Bank of New York City that has a five-year CD of 2.75%, 2.7%. What do you think? That's not bad at all. 
I don't know. It's worth looking at. I would want to know what the costs are of having a, you know, what are you giving up, right? So you can't get money out. Do you have other cash? I don't want you to leave yourself with zero cash, but it's worth considering. And this is the moment when, you know, maybe fixed annuities are going to have their day right now, Mark. Maybe this is it. While rates are up, and they're going to only rise in the next couple of months. So rates go up. You get to lock in a few years and um, and not think about it. So it's possible. But you know, remember, you got to consider where you think your tax bracket's going to be on the other side of the three-year period. And yeah, you got to pay taxes on it, but it may not be so bad. So maybe check that out and also maybe compare that with what are my alternatives, right? What is the what is the comparable rate that I would be getting? What would the comparable rate be if I just threw some money into a couple of bonds? How this would work for me? Then you make a decision. Mark, it's Friday. And so that means I like to do my business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is the best executive producer in the world. He's the webmaster and he's the man who keeps me sane. We are distributed by Cadence 13. And we love Lizzie and we love Yannickin. So thank you for taking care of us, ladies. All right. What else can we tell them to do? Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcast. Check out our other show. It's called Eye on Money. Sign up for the free weekly newsletter. And please leave us a rating and a review at Apple. Now today, here's your job. Do something nice for someone else today. It will make you feel so good. It will make that person feel good. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.